So we do think over time, winners and losers in the e-mobility race will likely be defined by battery tech and securing supply chains. Hello and welcome to the Thematic Outlook podcast series, part of Cowan Insights Podcast. My name is Bill Berg, Cowan Head of Thematic Content, and I'm joined by Gabe Dowd, Cowan Senior Research Analyst for Battery Tech and Electric Vehicle Charging. Gabe recently published a deep dive ahead of the Curve Series report on the lithium-ion battery industry. In the report, Gabe highlights that lithium-ion batteries are a cornerstone technology, supporting several mega-themes likely to play out over the next decade and catalyzed by EV adoption, policy support, and increased OEM auto activity. Gabe, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Bill. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We have a great topic, so let's dive right in. Gabe, why will lithium-ion batteries be a dominant theme for investors? Why do you think they'll want to pay attention to it over the next decade? Yeah, Bill, and I think, as you said in your opening remarks, uh, we do view the lithium-ion battery essentially at the cornerstone of a ton of themes likely to emerge over the next several years and likely through the decade, uh, whether it's 5G, AR, VR, edge networks, renewable energy, and the obvious one, electric vehicles. We do think it will play a part in a lot of these trends. EVs have obviously been recognized as the tech of choice with respect to limiting uh, greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector. Uh, thus, EVs will likely become an ever-growing part of the passenger vehicle fleet. And just to put that into context, globally, EV sales doubled year over year in 2021, reaching about 6.7 million units. And thus far, in 2022 through September, we've already sold 7 million units. And it's largely because of the three C's that we, we like to call it, uh, choice, cost, and charging. All of those three are improving. And so we think EV adoption is likely to continue throughout the decade. And obviously, EV batteries are a key factor in that and a key factor in price and range, which is what folks focus on the most. So we see EV OEMs ultimately competing based on batteries versus historically where internal combustion engines uh, competed on engine and transmission. So, so we do think over time, winners and losers in the e-mobility race will likely be defined by battery tech and securing supply chains. Hey, let's unpack that a a little bit more in terms of the size of the market, how you dimensionalize the opportunity. How do you think about the size of the price? How big is this market? How big will it be over time? So we do see uh, significant growth ahead. Uh, so, so let me try to frame it for you. Lithium ion battery demand is generally driven by consumer electronics, energy storage applications, and is uh, clearly dominated by passenger EV demand and even commercial EV demand, but there's still maybe some, some uh, ways to go for commercial EV demand. I mean, think medium and heavy duty vehicles. Uh, th those vehicles, you have to really arrive in size. So it's really driven by passenger EV demand. And so we do see incredible growth ahead if EVs do continue to penetrate uh, light duty vehicle sales as the market expects. So in 2021, demand reached 430 gigawatt hour and that grew 85% year over year. Over the next 10 years, we think we'll see 21, a 21% demand CAGR culminating in nearly 6.1 terawatt hour of battery demand by 2035, which is an incredible figure. And so in terms of dollars and market size, even if you assume battery pricing continues to decline, which it has historically um, on a dollar per kilowatt hour basis, battery pricing was over $1,100 per kilowatt hour in 2010. 
And in 2021, the average price was about $132 per kilowatt hour. And that's obviously helped spark uh, EV adoption as cost has moved material lower, materially lower. So if you assume that costs continue to migrate lower and break below that key $100 per kilowatt hour number, you're still looking at a market size of $365 billion by 2035. Um, which is uh, relative to a market size in 2021, which is estimated to be around about 60 billion. So obviously significant growth ahead. Um, and we do think the market is large enough to support a number of companies here. Let's talk a little more about some of the companies who will go after this opportunity. Who are some of the industry players to watch and how do you segment them as you look across the landscape? Historically, the lithium ion battery uh, sector has been dominated by China uh, and, and Asian incumbents, whether it's CATL, uh, LG, Samsung, SK Innovation. These are the players that are dominating the market and maintain a significant share of lithium-ion battery manufacturing and capacity. But given the size of the market and the, and the importance, there's been a number of companies that have emerged over the past several years attempting to disrupt uh, the, the battery industry. Because as great as batteries are, um, there's really only been modest improvements in energy density. Um, and again, energy density is just think of the amount of energy that could be stored for a given weight or given size of a battery. So since commercialization in 1991, there's only been modest uh, improvements. Now, there's certainly been promises of battery breakthroughs before, but I do believe we're perhaps as close as we ever have been in commercializing some of these new technologies, which ultimately hope to improve performance cost, as I mentioned, and also safety. And now maybe getting into the, the nitty gritty of the tech just a bit, um, but we do think silicon dominant anodes will become more common as we progress through the decade. Silicon offers nearly 10 times the theoretical energy storage capacity relative to traditional anodes that are uh, mostly comprised of graphite. So this is a, a known issue and uh, a key uh, uh, reason as to why ener energy density has been uh, unable to really materially improve. The anode has been the key bottleneck in that equation. So we do think silicon is a material that could change that over time. Now, there's been known issues with silicon and, and it's, it's always been known to be a, a great way to increase energy density, but there are uh, drawbacks and, and concerns but again, there's a number of companies working on it currently that, that we do think will break through and, and ultimately uh, that will change over the next several years as you'll start to see some uh, silicon dominant anodes become commercialized in EVs. Beyond silicon dominant anodes, there's also lithium metal anodes and, and solid state uh, architectures that get plenty of hype given the potential to significantly drive energy density improvements. And what's the reason why we wanna see energy density improvements? Well, one of the key reasons folks don't go electric is because you're worried about range or, or charging. And some of these new technologies could offer range per, per uh, cycle of 400 miles or, or greater. So it's a, a pretty big improvement relative to uh, batteries that are commercialized today. Maybe, you know, best vehicle gets you maybe 300 miles on a single charge. Well, some of the new technologies that are emerging not only could improve safety and cost, but also extend that range to 400 miles plus. There's even some companies talking about 500 miles of range. So lithium metal is, is the ultimate end game, we think, on the anode side. We think that's it's certainly the material that is the most energy dense. But again, there's known issues around lithium metal and also uh, solid state designs that we think will likely 
limit the, the, the uh, amount of commercialization that we'll see prior to 2025. I think there's still some, some concerns and some developments that have to take place on the tech side. And also supply chains need to mature since dealing with thin sheets of lithium metal from a supply chain and even manufacturing standpoint is, is tough and, and challenging and complex. So I think once, once that kind of corrects itself or, or takes care of itself, we could maybe see lithium metal and solid state commercialized beyond 2025. But again, near term, we'd be watching for companies that are attempting to commercialize silicon anodes. Gabe, is, is anyone close to delivering the holy grail of batteries? Yeah, well, definitely, definitely a good question. And, and what we've learned is there's really no such thing as the holy grail of batteries. It, batteries, like, like any engineering project, is always a, it's about trade-offs. Um, so you may have the most energy dense but uh, battery, but then you might not be able to uh, charge that battery as quickly as you'd like. You may have a battery that could charge very quickly. Think of it as a, maybe a, a called like a batter, a power a, a battery that's more focused on power to enable um, fast charging, but then it won't have the most energy dense uh, metrics. Thus, it would be limited on range. So there's there's I think a ton of trade offs. Again, I think one thing that we're excited about is the potential to go to silicon because it does provide an energy density benefit and the material does actually enable faster charging times. Um, there's a number of companies out there who have shown data on battery cells going from zero to 80% state of charge in, in just over five minutes. Um, so obviously if that's something that could be commercialized, it would certainly support the uh, e-mobility theme and likely get folks over the hump. But um, in terms of the holy grail, we'd, we'd be maybe a bit cautious on, on using that phrase, but there are a number of technology improvements in the works that we do think could be commercialized and will uh, ultimately improve um, some of those metrics that I talked about. Yeah, it's a small industry today, and as you say, it's set for exponential growth. What are some of the risks around supply chain and what will define the winners and losers? Yeah, certainly uh, the supply chain uh, aspect of, of the sector is, is key and important. You could almost think of it as the industry is somewhat, in some ways working backwards. You have a lot of the auto OEMs first announcing certain level of uh, EV targets in terms of new vehicle sales by 2035. And then from there, they start working backward. from backwards. From there, they start announcing uh, JVs with some of the cell manufacturers, the incumbent ones, um, to stand up gigafactories to produce these batteries. And then from there, they're starting to work further upstream of that to secure the necessary components that actually go into the battery, whether it's the, the cathode or the anode or separators and electrolytes or even further upstream actually at the mines. Uh, where you'll need lithium and nickel and cobalt, et cetera. Um, so the industry is in some ways, like I said, kind of working backwards. Um, the targets are coming first, and then it's almost like a scramble to secure the necessary components and the facilities to make this all happen. Um, but we do think, again, the securing supply chains is likely going to define the, the winners and the losers. You know, it, again, as I noted earlier, it's a sector that's been dominated by China. Majority of the Supply chain sits uh, offshore. It's not here in the U.S. Really, the U.S. is not much of a player on either, uh, either comp any component within a lithium-ion battery, and that's starting to change. There's been a number of policy initiatives that, that we could certainly get into, but China dominates not necessarily the raw material side, um, but they are active on the raw material side, but they certainly dominate on the material processing side and other key components, including uh, cathode, 
uh, an anode manufacturing separator, electrolytes, etc. And also, uh, China is where majority of the um, gigafactory capacity sits today. And we, we don't think this will necessarily change much throughout 2030. We think most of the battery manufacturing capacity will still sit in China. Um, but the U.S. and the EU will certainly grow throughout 2030. And I think, again, that'll likely be supported by a number of the policy initiatives that we've seen, particularly here in the U.S. over the past couple of years. You raise a good point about some of the new initiatives in the U.S. Maybe we could talk a little bit further about how the U.S. and EU catch up. Can they catch up? And does it matter? How much does it matter? Yeah, I think from a national security standpoint um, and from an energy security standpoint, if the U.S. is going to embark on this big shift and uh, focused on limiting greenhouse gas emissions from transportation and, and thus going electric, I think it's important to secure a domestic supply chain for the most critical component of that shift, which is again, the battery. Um, so I do think it's important, even from, a, like I said, a national security standpoint, the US military, military is pretty reliant on lithium ion batteries. Um, so I, I think all of that matters. And now it's really just a matter of how quickly can the US catch up. And certainly uh, the Biden uh, administration has been very focused on this. Uh, remember, very early 2021, uh, there was a 100-day supply chain review initiative, and batteries was a big part of that. Um, and then shortly thereafter, the Federal Consortium on Advanced Batteries laid out a blueprint to urgently develop a domestic supply chain. And then obviously, the two big pieces of legislation that passed over the last two years you have the bipartisan infrastructure law that passed in the fall of 21, and then recently the Inflation Reduction Act uh, that was signed into law. Both pieces of legislation focus very heavily on renewable and clean energy and also incentives to secure a domestic supply chain. The bipartisan infrastructure law uh, has two programs, each $3 billion uh, of grants, $3 billion, uh, the first $3 billion is for material processing and um, the second $3 billion is more on the component or manufacturing side. And we just saw last month first awards issued from uh, from these two programs, which was good to see. It's a nice uh, start. It shows that, again, the administration is focused on this. And now uh, some awards have been granted and, and, and some of these companies, whether public or private, can can begin to uh, benefit from this. And, and more recently, the Inflation Reduction Act contained a number of um, initiatives on the EV and the battery side, particularly on the battery side, the Section 45X Advanced Manufacturing Production Credit. It's a pretty big deal in our view. We, we've, we wrote about this in the ahead of the curve piece that you noted. Um, we think it's a bit underappreciated how meaningful this will be for battery manufacturers here in the U.S. Not only will you or could you potentially um, be eligible for grants from the bipartisan infrastructure law to build gigafactories, but then on an ongoing basis, at least through the next uh, 10 years with IRA, you could be uh, eligible for um, uh, production credits uh, to the tune of $35 per kilowatt hour if you're just simply a battery manufacturer here in the U.S. Um, and I talked about some of the cost figures earlier. So if your cost is $130 per kilowatt hour, let's say, well, now you're getting a $35 per kilowatt hour credit. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty meaningful number. And we've tried to put some uh, more specific numbers and detail around the economics of that. And, and it's clear that any facility here in the U.S. that's 
receiving that credit, we'll see a significant improvement in economics. And you're already starting to see a, a shift in mindset by some companies to maybe shift capacity uh, from Europe uh, here in the here to to here in the U.S. because of these credits. Um, so I, I think these these pieces of legislation are, are likely to to drive. Um, significant growth in supply. And, and again, I think it makes sense. I think everyone is incentivized because the U.S. is likely to become a pretty big demand hub in its own right, right, as vehicle uh, or EV adoption continues to grow. The U.S. has lagged China and, and uh, Europe. But again, as cost comes down, the, the, the choice of EV models improves and the charging infrastructure improves as well. I think all that will, will again, create significant demand in the U.S., ultimately incentivizing a number of these companies to, to build a supply chain in the U.S. And then again, on top of all that, we have this great policy support. So I think overall, you will see significant growth in the U.S. battery industry. And that's, that's the reason why I think investors should be paying attention. Gabe, you cover this market from a number of different angles. We talked a bit about tech policy. What are some other things that you're watching as you think about drivers of the market, upsides of the market, things that really could help you gauge the development of the market? Yeah, I think one thing we're, we'll continue to keep our eye on is just, is just again, continued EV adoption. That's, that's really the driver of it all. And it's also uh, obviously a key, a key uh, demand driver, as we noted. But then alongside that, I think a continued build out and charging infrastructure will help that. Um, we cover the charging space too, and they obviously go hand in hand. We think it will certainly help the psychology of folks maybe not uh, willing to go electric. If there's, if there's a, a good network of chargers that work um, in the U.S., I think that will help incentivize um, the shift to electric. And you're also seeing policy support, policy support behind the build-out of charging infrastructure as well. So I think charging infrastructure and and OEMs rolling out new EV models that are cost uh, competitive to their ICE counterparts. All that will help, certainly help drive EV adoption, which again will help drive battery demand. And again, we think the OEMs that will end up becoming winners will be the ones who maybe differentiate on the battery tech side and then also secure the, the necessary components to deliver uh, a finished battery. So that's certainly something we'll be looking out for. And then just continued improvements on on the tech side. I think it's a really interesting sector with a lot of smart battery engineers working on delivering a better battery. And we hit it, we certainly laid out a number of um, companies and technologies that could emerge in, in the note over the next several years. Um, but again, we'd be watching for progress on silicon and lithium metal anodes and even solid state batteries. Although, like I noted earlier, solid state's probably a little bit more uh, longer dated uh, versus silicon. Gabe, throughout the year, you do a lot of really interesting events and conferences around battery tech, uh, and I always enjoy attending those. Looking ahead, what are some of the marquee events or expert calls that you plan to host related to this theme? Yeah, thanks, Bill. So we'll certainly host a number of companies uh, at our March Mobility Conference. It's uh, becoming a pretty big event, an important event for us. Last year, we hosted a number of companies, both public and private, across batteries and also EV charging. Um, so certainly we'd be uh, uh, watching that because we think we'll get a pretty nice update from a number of these companies. And then, yeah, we, we plan on hosting a number of battery experts again next year. We, we hosted um, over the past year and a half or so, 
a number of uh, battery experts from, from uh, Professor Jeff Don to, to Dr. Shirley Meng and a number of other uh, experts that we think help certainly shape our views on the tech and, and what to expect there. So we'd certainly be uh, uh, watching uh, uh, some of those calls next year as well. So we expect another busy year. I think there's a, there's a lot to talk about, and a lot to follow in this space. And, and so stay tuned. Well, looks like we're coming up on around a half hour, Gabe. So thanks so much for your thoughts today. Really appreciate it. And thank you everyone for taking time out to tune in. Uh, until next month, uh, be well, and we look forward to uh, our next guest. <music>